Hey, what's up, world? Welcome to Season 3 of Snack Size, the podcast that will drag you into your most fabulous life. It's a brand new year, and it's a great time to live the life of your dreams. You've got to do you, because no one else can. And no matter what your happy and fulfilled life looks like, I want to help you get there. Our time together starts now. Hey, Snack! It is the most wonderful time of the year, and from my cabinet to yours, I hope you all are having a fabulous holiday season. And I'm so excited to bring you a very special holiday guest who many of you know and love. We have the cuckoo queen, Cynthia Lee Fontaine. She is a Puerto Rican drag performer, best known for competing in the 8th and ninth seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, and which she won Miss Congeniality. Cynthia was born in Puerto Rico and has a degree in clinical psychology and has worked in the mental health field for six years before starting drag. So she began drag in Puerto Rico in 2006 and then moved to Austin, Texas in 2011 and continued performing. And then she released her first single in November of 2018. And now she has her new song and video, Bring Me the Holidays, in both English and Spanish. So without further ado, let's give her a call. Hi, Cynthia. Welcome to Snack Size. Hey, hello. How are you, my love? Thank you for having me for this um, podcast on this interview. Girl, it is my pleasure to have you here with us on Snack Size as our special holiday guest. And speaking of the holidays, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to your single, Bring Me the Holidays. So tell me, how does it feel this holiday season now that you have your own Christmas single? Uh, well, thank you so very much for listening. And I'm so happy that you like it. You know, I come up with the idea because, like, since last year, we've been dealing with the obstacles, especially for the pandemic, you know, dealing with COVID-19, being in lockdown, you know. So I want to bring, like, something beautiful and refreshing and coming back to, you know, feeling that spirit, you know, for the holidays and just encouraging everybody to have a beautiful Christmas, you know, especially I like, try to gather with family and friends and those loved ones, you know. So that's the main focus of Bring Me the Holidays. Oh my goodness, I love that. And it's definitely a song that can put anyone in the holiday spirit. So tell me a little bit about some of the Christmas traditions that you and your family have. Well, actually, you know, my family is very diverse. My mom is from Puerto Rico and my dad is from Panama. So we try to incorporate both like traditions. For example, in Panama, at midnight for Christmas Day, we hug, we kiss, we gather together, we have like fireworks. And we say, like, Merry Christmas. And then, like, if the kids are up, they open the presents at that time. If not, they open the presents in the morning of the 25. So that's one of the oh, traditions wow. that we include in the family. I know, right? A little bit late, honey, for the, for the kids. But, you know, Latino kids, they don't have schedule at all when they are on vacation, especially for holidays, honey. So. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. So do you have any favorite holiday foods? Honey, I mean, I can tell you Puerto Rican food, you know, like, for example, um, we do pasteles. Pasteles is um, very similar as tamales. But instead of using corn, um, we use plantain. And then inside we stove with um, pork or meat or chicken. So that's one of my favorite, uh, you know, plates for the holidays, actually. With turkey, of course, and roasted pig. Oh, girl, that sounds like quite the snack. 
Oh, baby. And you know, after that, you have to go to the gym at least for two months just to recover <laughs> after the holidays to get to, to burn your scars, baby. <laughs> well, Cynthia, I could talk about food all day long, but I do want to get back to your music. So tell us, how long have you been doing music? Oof, well, I've been singing for 25 years, actually. Um, and oh, wow. I've been, you know, oh yeah, yeah. I've been singing since 1996. It's crazy. I start singing at my parents' church. So I start, you know, gospel music. And then when I just started like freshman in college, I start working for TV, you know, Univision, Telemundo, other networks in Puerto Rico and Miami. So that's when I get close a little bit with entertainment business. But Sadly, you know, the stereotype back in the days, it was supposed to be a a specific, you know, appearance. You have to be masculine as possible. It wasn't a queer presence or a person that can be with a personality or a body language as flamboyant. So I didn't feed or I didn't find my niche on the entertainment business back in the days. So we're talking early 2000s. But all of a sudden, I discovered the beautiful world of drag. And that's how I get fascinated. I was like oh my God, wait a second, this is beautiful and I might probably create a character and I just decided one day by one of my friends put me in drag and said like, I need you to cover me on one of my shows. You need to host and uh, perform two numbers. I'm like, I never, you know, performing drag before, you know, I've been a dancer and a singer for so many years but never been in high heels in a wig. I don't know how even like, you know, do makeup or do like a craziness out of my eye. So I did it that first time. It was like 2006. And that day, I feel it was magical. Besides, my first number, I received $42, honey. <laughs> oh. So. You know, that's not yeah, bad oh, for your first number. Uh-huh. And I feel that I can portray, you know, my own personality and character and even like the way that I, you know, um, translate my music into into everything you know my using my body as an instrument for performing arts since that day i get like fascinated with dragon it's 15 years myself this is my 15th anniversary doing drag as cynthia lee fontaine so that's how i get engaged you know and that's how i get like to involve me as a professional singer with cynthia as a professional drag queen That is such a journey to get to where you are, and I really love that story because it just goes to show that if you aren't getting the results you want out of something, you have to switch it up. I found that in my own life. Before I wanted to do drag, I wanted to be an author, but then I found drag and I pursued it very passionately, but now at this point in my career, I'm finding myself getting back into writing and podcasting, and it just really goes to show that everything can come full circle. So, I also wanted to know, what is your favorite and least favorite part about doing drag? Well, my favorite part is makeup. When I do my eye makeup and I start seeing, like, that beautiful transformation between the eyebrow, like me drawing the eyebrow and doing the crescent inside of my eye and the eyeshadow, I starting getting that sassy personality. I go, oh, how are you, Cynthia? Oh, you look good. (laughs) and you know this, baby, because you are you are a peer on this. You're a sister, you know. And yes. the least part is the talk. <laughs> it's hiding <laughs> those genitalias. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the magic of the character and the personality come out like 
overflowing beautifully and naturally and you forget about those details you know and you enjoy the stage you enjoy like interacting with you know the people in my case with my cuckoo fans everywhere you know that i have the opportunity to travel and i, I see myself doing this forever to be very honest with you so i enjoy what i do you know, I understand that. I always said that when I was 30, I would stop. But here we are, still going. I'm 40, girl, so. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You are not 40. I'm 40, 1981, baby. Yes, baby. Well, you look amazing. Thank you. Girl, let us in on some of your beauty secrets. Well, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you the phone number of my doctors, but... <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think in my case, it's like being positive all the time and, you know, enjoying what you love to do the most. And actually, like, even all the obstacles and inconveniences that you face in your life, you just, you know, have fun, you know. And everybody knows that, you know, have the opportunity to work with me, even my team, you know, my agent and friend, Javier, even my manager. Every time that we go, they have to go with me for any specific events. They always been laughing and they say, like, you're always in a good mood. You're always like, you know, it's a pleasure to work with you because I enjoy what I do. The day that I stop enjoying what I do is the day that I'm going to decide, like, hey, this is not for me and I'm going to look for another career. You know what I said? Which is not going to happen because I really love what I do. As we know here on Snack Size, it is so important to love what you do, and I'm sure that many people love working with you. In fact, I understand that you co-wrote Bring Me the Holidays with your boyfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Well, working with Armando is very interesting. You know, I hear a lot of people at the beginning, you know, uh, giving like the advice like, oh, remember, don't mix, you know, your personal life with business with somebody that is like very close to you, especially your partner or your boyfriend or your husband. But in my case, you know, he's very Mm -hmm. passionate about music too. He's a producer. He's a music engineer, graduate, you know, from Media Tech from Austin, Texas. He got the opportunity to work with Stephanie Lean. That is a huge Texas singer. Oh, yes, you know, and like he was working as a sound engineer, too, with the Quintanilla family for a period of time when he was, a, a, you know, teenager. So he got like a, a very interesting, you know, um, career experience, too. And having him working with me and being passionate about like what I do as Cynthia Fontaine, it was a good, you know, mix, you know. Of course, we as a couple, sometimes we have like disagreements and like now, I think like this keynote is not good. We need to record this part again. We need to like do this and that, you know. It's it's part of the process because for everything that you do in music, you can be in like on a dark place, but also you can explore like other emotions, you know. But at the same time, at the end, the chemistry was great. And I mean, you see the result, the music video on the song. It's just so beautiful, you know, and we're very happy and excited for the result. And I'm probably contemplating the possibility to continue working with him. It was a great job. Oh, that was my next question. Do you think you want to work with him again? There might be more more work and collaboration together. It's not going to be uh, Tina Turner and Ike and Ike. It's very nice interaction, you know? So, because if, if that happened, like that, Tina and I, I'm like, no, bye. <laughs> and if you have a, a person that really supports you and 100% is like, you know, a huge fan of what you do, like he, like him, you know, my boyfriend, you know, that makes everything more easier. And also, like, he understands what I like and what's my style, you know? So, it, it's really good combination. It's really good chemistry. It is so awesome when you have a partner that shares the same interests as you. 
Speaking of the same interest, does anyone else in your family have any musical talents? Of course, and people doesn't know this, but my mother is a gospel singer, Maria Mercedes. I love her so oh, much. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mom is an amazing singer. My mom and my aunt, actually. Uh, but my mom is uh, had these beautiful, just so sweet vocals, you know, and voice. And she always been an inspiration to me to become the singer that I am today. So, Do you get to share Cynthia with your mom? Oh, yes, yes. Actually, you know, at the beginning, you know, my, my mom and the rest of my family came from a religious family. They are Adventist. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit difficult for her, even when I went to the TV show. She had her questions. She had her doubts. She was like, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to put your lifestyle more, a little bit more publicly in a TV show. And I'm like, yes, I do. And this is what I love to do. And this is my chosen career. She's like, okay. But then eventually she watched the episodes for season eight and season nine. She was like, wow, I'm so proud to raise a kid like you with all these values and this beautiful positive energy and encouragement to everybody. So I'm so proud of you. And now she's Mother Cuckoo. You can call her anything. Ah, Mother Cuckoo. Mother Cuckoo. We love it. So for those people who follow RuPaul's Drag Race or follow you, they would know that after season eight, you were diagnosed with stage one cancer. And you've talked about it a lot, so I don't want to ask you too much about that. But what I do want to know is how are you feeling about your health today? I can say that this is my year number five that I'm on my remission of my cancer. And I'm still, I'm super healthy. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yes. I'm super happy about it. Well, I am so happy to hear that that's the case. And for the snacks that are listening that may be going through their own health battles, what advice would you have for them? My advice is always this one. And, it's, and it goes in two parts. The first one is like, you have to be positive all the time. And I know it's hard because every illness, every, you know, disease have their own like complications you know in my case uh, liver cancer it was a lot of pain a lot of i lost a lot of weight even like i was experiencing cancer when i was filming season eight of drag race so i lost like 42 pounds in a week so how you deal with that how you deal when you look yourself in the mirror and you still see a completely the person that is deteriorating you know but as far as you have life and in abundance you can do and you can change anything and that's my main message you know and the second part of my advice to all the people that is listening to this podcast right now and they are struggling with any illness or any disease is like even all the obstacles and inconveniences that you face in your life just try to make your dreams come true even if you are the only one who believes in yourself you know that helped me trust through all my entire process through all my journey battling cancer and then, like, getting healthy and getting on my remission for my cancer. I think it's so beautiful what you said about being the only one that believes in yourself. I feel like anybody who's achieved any level of greatness, at one time, they were the only person that believed in themselves. And even if that's the case, it's still important that you keep going. You have to push through. You have to give yourself that fighting chance. Yes. And let me tell you, you know, like talking on that base, when I said like when you are the only one who believes in yourself, even sometimes family just feel like they are losing the battle with you on that journey, fighting that illness. And that's why you need to have like extra strength from your faith. It can be like a spiritual connection. I'm a very spiritual person. You know, I'm connected with God. That's my my guidance. And that's the the person that that, does the 
you know, the biggest image that I have that is present in my life is tangible and it's real, you know, and it helped me through the entire process, you know, even in my family, we're like, oh my God, we're losing you. What we can do when your family is losing faith, you know, losing the strength because of course their experience seeing you, you know, being worst on the, under the illness. And that's why you have to have faith, you know, and have encouragement in your own self and say, like, no, I'm still alive. Even if I'm in pain, even if I can move myself, you know, even if, like, I can breathe, you know, the right way, you need to fight and you need to be positive all the time. And that's going to make the huge difference. You know, medicine and, and all the entire treatments are good, but it's about being positive 100%. Even if you don't feel to feel positive, that's the only like natural medicine that is going to heal you and is going to help you do all the process. So speaking of positivity, girl, what can the Cuckoo fans expect next from you? Next year from me, all the Cuckoo fans and all the fans of Drag Race around the world, what they're going to expect from me is going to be more music. And I promise to you, we, we have a couple of projects on hold, a couple of great songs. They are amazingly good with great collaborations with all the artists too as well, you know? So it's more music. And for those people that follow me but are not yet following you, where can they find you on social media? Oh, absolutely. Cynthia Lee Fontaine on Instagram, Cynthia Lee Fontaine on my two Facebook pages, um, underscore Lee Fontaine at Twitter, Cynthia Lee Fontaine underscore on TikTok. Yes, this 40 years old individual have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> And Cynthia Lee Fontaine oh, Vivo on YouTube, right? On YouTube, when you can watch my video that it's out and about like five five days ago premiere, bring me the holidays in snapshot. And if you want to see where I'm going to be, like you know where it's going to be next, where I'm going to be next or traveling, www.cynthialeefontaine.com. That is amazing, Cynthia. Thank you so much for coming on Snack Size. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I love you. Happy holidays. Feliz Navidad. And Snacks, of course, I want to wish you a happy holiday season. And until next time, go be fabulous. Hey, Snack. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Snack Size Podcast is sponsored by Twin Cities Gay Scene, the online magazine for events and culture happening in the Twin Cities area. Check out my bi-weekly editorial, Snack Scene, at www.TwinCitiesGayScene.com. And for more fun with this podcast, head on over to www.SnackSizePodcast.com to leave a review and follow me on my social media. Until next time, go be fabulous.